We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. Uh, was invited on the Onco PT Podcast. This is with uh, our friend Elise, who's been on the show multiple times and we've done events with. And she's a podcaster and content creator who's also a, uh, a physical therapist who works in the oncology space. And I think I just I think I just caught her on a really interesting day where I was just hot about smart people in and around our profession, in and around healthcare, focused on a lot of the right things, but not focused on one main thing, which to me, this is my soapbox, I will live and die on this hill. I don't care how smart you are or how much you know, unless you communicate it, that knowledge stays in your head. And I, I was just, I, I needed to get on a soapbox. And Elise was nice enough to let me on her show to jump around this soapbox. I just, I needed to share. And this is something near and dear to my heart. If you aren't communicating your value, no one will know what you can do for them. And that's a shame. It's not their fault. They don't understand how valuable I am. They don't know what I could do for them. That's your fault. Own that, own it, because it won't change unless you do. So this is me coming in hot, throwing seven different kinds of smoke on her show. Dig in. You have decided, I handed you a TheraBand, you decided to use it as a slingshot instead of getting stronger. Mm -hmm. You have been given a tool, you are misusing the tool. And it is your responsibility as a licensed professional to advocate for knowledge translation in your community. Welcome to the Onco PT Podcast, where you'll learn from oncology experts, practitioners, and patients to help you on your journey to become a confident and competent Onco PT. Here's your host, Elise Decker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Onco PT Podcast. We have another podcaster here on this podcast today to talk about a whole bunch of stuff, including a little bit of what we do together in our own separate realm. So first of all, welcome back to the podcast, Dr. Jimmy McKay, who is the host of PT Pintcast. Okay! Yeah! Yeah, I bring my own hype man. It's smart. <laughs> like, just, you know, I can bring, like, it sounds exciting when Jimmy's here. I don't know. Everybody just gets really crazy. Oh my gosh, he's cheering. I don't know where this is, but they must I like know, it. I know, we have all this audience back here who's tuning in. <laughs> Elise, I'm psyched. Um, I'm, I'm, number one, I'm thrilled that you're doing this because, I, you know, I mean, there was one point when you didn't host a podcast where you didn't live stream, mm -hmm. and now you're doing it. And why do you do it? I think boils down to you want to make good work well known, you want to learn stuff, and you want to have fun. And if you're doing it for those reasons, which I'm pretty sure you are, because we've talked about this, yeah. you cannot miss. So I am, I am, I was excited when I saw you start to do this. I was excited when I saw you become regular, and I just, I, I'm very, very thrilled, proud, all those things that you're still doing it. Well, and I really have to thank you, Jimmy. This we did not plan this ahead of time, but I'm I'm so grateful Thanks. because you have been such a big push, very like behind the scenes of. I have been doing this. This is how I have learned to do this. This is what's working. You need to start implementing it for your own people. And that was a huge push for me to finally start doing the live streaming. And I found that people really like the connection. Let you me ask you this. Yeah. When you were standing, this is like the moment that I talk to when I talk with clients, mm -hmm. big, big organizations or, or individuals. Mm -hmm. When you were standing on the edge of a diving board saying, I don't know, like, because so, getting on the diving board saying like, all right, I'm thinking, I'm getting ready. That's, I could call it the getting ready phase. You know, I'm going to get my stuff together. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to do a con. I'm going to put together a content course. I'm going to start to do a pot. I'm getting ready, getting ready. That's getting on the diving board. When you get to the edge where you're like, okay, I'm going to jump. What was the what was the thing that pushed you to say, yeah, no, not only I'm on the diving board, which means I understand I, I want to do this, but you have to actually do it. So like intention and action. What was your action moment that said, I'm going to do it? I think it really goes back to what we've talked about previously in personal conversations as far as like, I have figured out a problem that I had and it wasn't just that, it was everybody's having this problem and I don't want anybody to have that problem anymore. And people were really resonating with that. And so that's how I really said, you know what? I think I'm gonna do this podcast and I started it. And then people started listening to it. It was, oh, people like this, <laughs> people want this. 
So, so you just you brought up a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. This is not my working definition. This is my boss's in my day job at Mount Sinai mm -hmm. and his, his job. So I got to set the scene. He's a physical therapist, yeah. but he's a researcher and he runs two research labs at Mount Sinai hospital, in New York. So his name is David Petrino. I work for and with David mm -hmm. and he, in a podcast interview several years ago, I was like, well, you're in your job title. It's you're the director of rehab innovations, rehabilitation innovations. I'm like, well, what's your working definition of innovation? And like, I thought he was going to say like, technology and blah, 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 blah. And that's when you know the really smart people, they actually go the other way, which is a very simple definition of what innovation is. And he said, innovation is finding a problem that everybody looks at it and says, that's not my problem. And you solve that problem and you are innovative. So it's like everybody who's, who's walking around and just looks at the turd on the floor and it's like, that's not my problem to solve. Solve mm -hmm. that problem and you are and you are innovative. There's a great slide. I don't have it ready, but this is a podcast anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I can paint you a picture with sound. The slide is of a, of, of a photograph looking down this long highway, mm -hmm. right? And it's got the two yellow lines going down the highway, right? And the person's job to paint the two yellow lines, their job is paint the two yellow lines. Well, in the picture, there is a dead raccoon in the middle of the road. And the day that the lines were getting painted, line painting people came all along and the line goes down the road and then it, it comes to the raccoon and it goes around the raccoon and continues down. And those people said, not my problem. I'm in the line painting business, not in the raccoon moving business, where I would push back and it's saying your job was to make the road look great. So like... Mm -hmm. That's what innovation to me is not moving raccoons. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily innovative, but it's finding the problem. So you found a problem. People needed to be connected and informed, do it in an entertaining manner. Mm -hmm. And you said, I'm going to choose audio. And you did. I know I have headphones on right now and we got live streaming computers and I've got yeah! buttons and that seems technical. But what we're doing right now is it's spoken word. This is a basic form of communication. Yes, the fact that someone's listening to on their phone or their computer right now, thousands of miles away, six weeks, six months, six years after we recorded this conversation, that is that was an innovation. But really, you're solving a problem that everybody said, I wish someone would solve it. And you stepped up to the diving board and you jumped and you said, I'm going to solve this. I appreciate the support that you've given. And I feel like I always have this like little voice in the corner where it's like, Jimmy is in the back of my mind. Like, what are you going to do next? Like, how no. are you going to push the envelope just a little no. bit more? And I'm really, really appreciative of that. My, my boss in radio, like I was like, you know, we, we pitch a crazy idea. We're going to, because I used to be in radio for the audience. Mm -hmm. I used to be a radio DJ. And it was like, Hey, I want to try this like thing on my show. And like, I'm going like, Hey, I'm hemming and hawing. I'm on the edge of a diving board. And like the thing that he put me to ease, is, Hey man, if it sucks and no one listens, you failed in front of no one because no one was listening. And I was like, Oh damn, so swing the bat. Like, Swing the bat. Like, I'd rather swing the bat and strike out um, than not, right? Because if you have the bat on your shoulder and you see three pitches and they're all over the plate, you strike out and you didn't swing at all. It ain't, right. The bat is, it could, but it's probably not going to hit the ball. The ball isn't going to hit the bat on your shoulder. Right. So swing away. I like that. And I think that's something that we can really lean into more even as a physical therapy community. But before we get into that, Jimmy, some of my listeners haven't been introduced to you yet. So yeah. what do you do? Yeah. So I do Jimmy things as my as my boss and my coworkers know. So I have a degree in journalism and mass communication. Okay, mm -hmm. so how does that help? I got I had 15, 16 years as a radio broadcaster and I ran radio stations. So I had a couple I wore the suit and tie and did the 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 like a clinical director, do all the, mm -hmm. the things. I taught other people to become radio broadcasters and become better radio broadcasters, and I hosted my own show. Did that for a million years. And then one day I woke up and I wanted to do something different. And I decided I was going to be a physical therapist. Halfway through PT school, I was watching a presentation given by someone much smarter than me on this big stage in a room for the 1,000 people, and I was not understanding what the hell was going on. And I thought it was because I was a second-year student, and I just didn't understand it yet. Fast forward three or four hours to the networking hour, the happy hour. And I spot the the people who were on stage, this man, this woman, uh, who are military PTs across the bar. And I was like, you know, I paid 200 bucks like to, to be here. Like, I'm, I'm going to freaking learn something before I leave. Damn it. I might have also been two or three beers deep. And walked up. And in 15 minutes in a conversation, I understood every, not one concept was over my head, even as a second year student. Um, I understood exactly what they were talking about. I was able to ask like, you know, intelligent follow-up questions. And I learned more in 15 minute conversation over beers than I did in an hour long presentation on stage and a light bulb moment clicked. 
and for the podcast audience, I'm showing a buttoned-up shirt. On stage, <laughs> we were presenters. I am here today. And, and do you concur, a colleague? Do you concur? Concur? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were presenters on stage. They were humans having a conversation, not a presentation, in the in that happy hour. And my what had happened was what happened was my my classmates and other random people who were standing around started listening to this conversation. And without me doing it on purpose, it was just my just how Jimmy does things. Um, I was sort of interviewing them. It was a podcast interview, but I didn't have a podcast and it wasn't on purpose. And then on the drive back home to PT school, I was like, I pitched this idea to my classmate. There's this thing called podcasting. And it's like on-demand radio. And I, what if I did a thing where I interviewed people? And they were like, no, that is a horrible idea. That is, <laughs> that is dumb. But they were afraid to stand on a, a diving board. They didn't know that I was not afraid to stand on a diving board. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I had a great advisor in PT school, Sky Donovan. And I pitched the idea again to her, and she was like, I have no idea what this is or where it'll go, but like, let's, just, let's just do it. Yeah, I think you should totally do it. I was asking her for permission. I didn't need it because I was a student, I, but I was looking for like social permission, and she was the one who was like, it's okay to jump. So I jumped. Fast forward, four million podcast downloads later, I still do the show. Uh, it's been on for six years. I spun off another show called NPTE StudyCast where I made like essentially a three-by-five card for every pathology that they ask on the NPTE, but the three mm -hmm. by five card is a miniature audio lesson. So I, I saw a problem that I was like, I wish someone solved this problem when I was studying for the NPTE, mm -hmm. made it, right? And then since then, now my day job is I work for Mount Sinai Hospital and I work within the Rehabilitation and Human Performance Department and my job is to make good work well-known. There's a famous quote from this guy, for, he's the, I think he was like a UK science minister, Sir Mark Walport. And his famous quote was, science isn't finished until it's communicated. And I saw that as science and communications, my degree in communications, my degree in physical therapy. I was like, oh, my God, I love this guy. I'm going to put this on. I'm going to get this tattooed on my arm. This is my thing. And I said it so long, I would lead off presentations with it. And then I realized I'm going to one-up Sir Mark Walport. Yes. I think he was close. But my line is, science isn't finished until it's understood. Mm. Here's why. The goal of communicating is not to have communicated. I send Elise a message and it's confusing. I'm not done as Jimmy, but some people might be like, I'm done. And I, I've, I've done my part. I have communicated. The goal of communication is to achieve understanding. Mm -hmm. So an example, a practical example with this would be, let's say you research something in oncology, physical therapy, dosage, something. You spend a lot of time, effort, and money to figure it out and then it's published in nature or science or the you know PTJ and you pat yourself on the back and that's great. I would push and go, you're not done until people understand it. You have communicated, it was published, but you're not done there. I would say to researchers, it is now your duty, it is your responsibility, it should be in your submit your grant submission. How will you, when this is published, how will you further – how will you commit knowledge translation? How will you make sure that's understood? I think every researcher should have a media plan. What's your media campaign with this when you're done? And we can get into some of that like because now that's where my brain comes in is like how do I – how do I you know, share you know, media information? Why aren't you on podcasts within your profession? That's a super mm – -hmm. you and I talked for five minutes before we hit broadcast. What do you want to talk about? What are some topics? I'm like, here are the high notes. Now it's easier for me because I've done this, but I could train. You know, you can learn how. This is a this is this is a skill. This is not talent. This is a skill. Talent you're born with, skills you develop. Mm -hmm. And if you care enough, hard work beats talent. When talent doesn't work hard, you can learn how to do this. And I would actually say it's your duty. I would say you are failing as a researcher or a clinician to educate your profession or your, your community or both. So that's my high horse and my soapbox, and I am proud to stand on it. I want to take you back to that yeah. happy hour. Yeah. So when you were first like, oh, man, that yeah. like leaning into your strengths here. So because this is not isolated to just that event. No. This, I mean, you and I just went to CSM in yep. San Antonio a few weeks ago. And this, I think, was so present and prevalent that – you know, we go to these presentations and they're phenomenal material a lot of times. Like it's stuff that we want to learn, we're excited about, but the the delivery of the message falls short. So wow. 
And then it's not until these very intimate conversations, sometimes at happy hour, sometimes at other, you know, networking opportunities, that real connection, that, that communication loop, I think is truly closed in a lot of cases. I, uh, I, I had a tweet a couple days after this year's CSM and it was a lot of people tweeting. Do you remember this one? Yeah. And I tweeted, um, I'm seeing a lot of people who were complaining that their submission didn't get selected and they didn't get put on stage at CSM. And you are tweeting on a cell phone. That phone has the ability to spread your information that you just said, you complaining that CSM didn't pick me. And I can, I, I will poke people. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Take your ball and go home? Are you going to bitch about it? Because the thing you're complaining on, the cell phone, has the ability to spread what you just told me was good information to more people than were at CSM. And I proved it. I said, this tweet will get more impressions mm-hmm. than people were at CSM. And we got 10,000 impressions in less than 24 hours. And I said, this is not – so we're not even talking this – is, this is an ego problem. This is I wanted to be selected. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't go present at CSM. Right. I'm saying don't only go present. Don't only think that once a year, once a year, our profession gets together at CSM and shares information. And if you don't get picked, you're done. That's you copping out. I'll, that's you copping out mm-hmm. and saying, because I didn't get picked, I'll show APTA. I'm just not going to submit it anymore. I'll take my ball and go home. You're bitching and moaning on, on a device that you could reach more people. You have decided mm-hmm. You have decided I handed you a TheraBand. You decided to use it as a slingshot instead of getting stronger. Mm-hmm. You have been given a tool. You are misusing the tool. And it is your responsibility as a licensed professional to advocate for knowledge translation in your community. As a researcher, you are not done when you get – getting published is mile 11 of the marathon, my friends. Mile 26.2 at that is when achieving is understood by everyone. It never – that mile never happens, by the way. <laughs> understanding by everyone never happens, and that's okay because it's a process, not a destination. So that tweet that I sent got more than 20,000 imp- uh, you know, 20, impressions in, in one day. There mm-hmm. were 10,000 PTs at CSM. I proved my point. Right. And I like that on Twitter, for example. It's one platform, and that's reaching so many more than one the people who actually went to CSM. It's reaching ding, 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 ding. more people than just physical therapists. Heck, it's even reaching general population, which ding, the nice ding. thing about Twitter is that there's a character count. And if you can't convey your message in those characters, then like what happens? You either have to break it up into multiple or you have to simplify what you're saying Uh, so that it can be fit in. So two things you just talked about. Mm -hmm. Number one, uh, you said it could reach more people than were able to come to CSM. You want to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion. (gasps) We are leaving people out of CSM who cannot afford to take time away, who cannot afford to fly to a place, who cannot afford to get a hotel for five days, who cannot afford to eat out every day. You have just you have just excluded what percentage of our profession can't do it. Huge. Can't do it. The second was um, forced brevity. How many characters are there in a tweet? Yes, you can make a tweet thread. Yes, you can do a YouTube presentation. Yes, you can create a podcast or you can guess in a podcast. Uh, you can mock TikTok all you want, but the next generation of human beings are learning how to be smart and funny fast, and they are learning how to do it in 15-second increments. Mm-hmm. Mock TikTok all you want because we mock and fear what we do not understand. TikTok is a way to share information far and wide in brevity, and that, my friends, is a skill. I have a kind of controversial take that I want I like your that. thoughts on. Okay. We, as a healthcare profession, this is not just PT, but I think PT is exceptionally guilty of this. We have stepped back from so much opportunity to get a message out in a different way than what we're used to, because we view it as unprofessional. And I have quotes around this. So mainly social media, like, oh, it's not professional beyond social media. That's my fun time, which I get. I have a fun account too. That is just me. And I creep on my sister's account, what have you, but on my business account, that is like me as my professional identity. I do communication and I reach people and I found my first patient in my private practice found me through social media. 
So is it really unprofessional to use social media? Uh, professional is, is, uh, is an arbitrary term, right? You, you don't get to decide what I think is professional and, and whatnot. Like professionals, I mean, I think if you want to look up the, the, the term, it's like, do you get paid to do this? Like I'm an amateur athlete in college and I'm a professional athlete, so I get paid to do this. But I think we're talking about professionalism, right? Like right. acting professionally. Um, professionally is how you act. You are professional. You are acting professionally or you're not acting professionally. Mm -hmm. Social media is a delivery device. It is a way that you can deliver information. So I don't, I think how people use Facebook, Twitter, TikTok can be used professionally or unprofessionally, mm -hmm. but using them is neither is not cannot be defined as professional or unprofessional. So um, I think that's a cop out if someone says well, disseminating information. Think if you think if you clinically said it. Okay, this is fun. I've never done this. Um, uh, researcher used, used effective, widespread, free-to-access knowledge dissemination device to share research information. You'd be like, that's brilliant. Great. That delivery device was Twitter. But Twitter is unprofessional because some people bitch and moan on it. No, I'm right. sorry. Those people right. acted unprofessionally. The platform is not unprofessionally. My, my Oxford debate, I did an Oxford debate at uh, Next in Chicago, the last one. The mm -hmm. prompt was, is social – this is – is social media hazardous to the profession of physical therapy? Oh, ooh. I was given the con, the pro, the, sorry, the pro argument, I had to think about it, where I was, my team of three was arguing that yes, social media is hazardous to the profession of physical therapy. Hang on a second, Jimmy. I thought you just said it wasn't professional or, or it wasn't about professionalism. It was how you acted. Yes. It has the ability to be hazardous. It is a tool. Right. Use that analogy of I can, you know, I could really hurt you with a hammer or I could build a hospital with the hammer. Mm -hmm. So it is not the platform. Right. It is how those people use it. So I said, yes, it is hazardous because a wet floor is hazardous. Right. Acting unprofessionally is detrimental to the profession. So is it hazardous? So here, here was here's why we won the argument. All I had to do is show one example where it could be hazardous to say it's mm -hmm. hazardous. Right. Do I actually believe that people shouldn't use it? No. And I said that in my in my my defense, in my rigmarole, my 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 shtick on the on on stage next for the for the Oxford debate. But it's an amplifier. Like if there are bad ideas out there, which there are. Right. And this amplifies, I would say, throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Well, then we shouldn't use Twitter because people patients can see that the public can see that and they're watching us fight and they're watching us in fight. I'm like, that's just that's naive. That's burying your head in the sand. You have to fight good with bad. Right. You know, the only reason that evil exists is when good people do nothing is the quote that I just butchered. But like, so either, you know, get, you're either with me or you're part of the problem. Like you're the part mm -hmm. of the solution, you're part of the problem is the way I look right. at it. Exactly. And I think there's a tendency sometimes to remove ourselves from the, from the responsibility of that role, because I think some people might be thinking right now, going back to the raccoon it's not my problem okay. but you know i'm just a clinician i'm not the researcher yes. who's trying to get the information out i know i use just very uh like tongue-in-cheek tongue yeah. um and i would say that's the complete wrong approach to take with all okay. of this I think this comes from a place of insecurity a lot of times. Not for everybody. Nothing is – it comes from a place where, like, well, what do I have to add? You know, I don't know if I'm smart enough. I'm like, if – I tell people all the time, you should start a podcast if you think your information and the way you can deliver it could help one person. Act as if you're only trying to help one. And then when you've helped two, well, you've, you've, you've reached your goal times 200%. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you what you know. If it, if you think it can help a patient, then it could help two patients, or twenty patients, or two hundred patients, or two thousand patients. I just picked in my scope. I wanted to talk about physical therapy in the profession to physical therapists, mm -hmm. and to me, that was a that was me, you know, shooting fish in a barrel, right? So I knew who I was aiming at. I think when people aim too wide, it feels like, well, how am I going to talk to everybody? And I would push back and say, don't talk to everybody. I want you to talk to one person. I want you to be the onco PT, right? Just being the physical therapy, we cover everything podcast is so wide, right? Mm -hmm. If I were standing there and I put what my right foot as wide as it could go and I put my left foot as wide as it would go, I would be a fall hazard, right? My, my balance mm -hmm. would not be but if I narrow my stance just a little bit, or ooh, what if I moved around a little bit? What if Jimmy had a, a lease on and talking about oncology PT, 
well, why would ortho PTs want to learn that? Because in the title of my episode, I say, here's three things that every physical therapist should could learn from an oncology physical therapist. Ooh, that's that's risque. Mm-hmm. Who, who would dare do that? Now, the, now you've piqued my interest. And human beings love and hate incongruities. We are fast. This doesn't make sense. I don't understand. I thought it was. I thought it was this, but it's that. Like people love. What was the greatest show from like ten years ago? MythBusters. People loved it. I thought <laughs> it's an elevator falls and you're going to and you jump just before it hits the ground, then you'll live. And they're like, let's test it out. And you're like, I need to see if this is true. So um, I, I'm on a tangent, but I would push back and say, if you can help one person with what you have in your head, you you have to. You are expected to professionally. You have to be sharing information. You can share it a gajillion different ways. That tweet thread that I referenced about CSM, I didn't just say this thing of a cell phone could share information that would re- could reach more people. I then did an entire tweet thread of, here's what you could do. You could create a YouTube video. Here's how much it would cost, $0. You could just hold that phone in your hand and you could create information. A YouTube account is, account is free. It would take you approximately 10 minutes to share 10 one-minute bytes of information. You have just created information on the internet, which is now indexable because YouTube is the second largest uh, search engine on the planet mm-hmm. behind Google, and your information is now out there. I get it. Your first video will suck. Let's just let's just say that, Elise. Right. Your first live stream. Oh, my is that God. Your best, is that your best my effort? Fir- my first podcast, my first live stream, the first YouTube video that I did, the first webinar, they all sucked. Ah. But you just keep Let's get better. going. Imagine you turn to a patient and you said, well, I need to see you do uh, a deadlift. And they go, I, do, I don't want to start because my, my first rep is going to suck. And you're like, well, we're not, talk, we're not here for your first rep. Right. I'm here for your 500th rep because that's you want to be the change. You got to suck. So I'd say jump in the pool and your first 50 freestyle is going to be crap. Mm-hmm. But you're not here for your 50 freestyle. You're here for when, when, it's the, when, it's, when, it's state, when it's the state meet time, baby. Mm-hmm. Like when it counts, when we're looking at the scoreboard. And just for this analogy, the scoreboard of life there, it never ends. Like we keep going. There's no destination. This is the journey. Start sucking now. So in five years, you suck less. You know, and I think that to that point, start sucking now instead of waiting five years to start sucking then. You'll be five years later, you'll be fine. And you'll be like, I could have created so much content and I helped at least one person five years ago. You owe it to that person who you didn't. Don't be, don't, don't be pissed off at the results you didn't get because of the work you didn't do. Mm. Don't like don't. So anyway, that's when I DM'd you and I was like, I need, I want to, I need a podcaster. I need because I could do this all I want in my my show, but if you don't know about what my podcast is and you don't listen to it, then I'm only talking to that audience. So I said, shit, I need to take my own advice and I need to go to other places. I need to, I need to expose my ideas, my radical ideas that people should communicate more often and learn how to get better at it to other audiences. So this is me walking my walk or walking my talk. Okay, so then how do we fix our messaging? Because he, we know it's bad. Mm, it. What next? Okay, great. Here's a radical idea, Elise. Are you ready? Like, don't don't kick me off the show when I when I show this radical idea. What if you worked with a professional? Like, oh what if? What if? This is all hypothetical. What if you were at a backyard barbecue, Elise? And the perfect person flipping burgers was your neighbor. And you're there just having a beer and just hanging out, right? And the person flipping burgers says, you know, I'm going through cancer treatment. And you're like, oh, all of a sudden, at least she's got the eyebrow test. Ding! Mm-hmm. I am all ears. You're like, and tell me more. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, I actually, this is, this is my jam. Like, this is my world. I would like you to bring you into my world. And then they found out like, oh, I'm going to have to pay to come into that. Like, I have to give something because Elise's time and expertise is worth money right because they're going to get there are your roi positive though because you mm-hmm. give elise copay and elise is going to give you the world because mm-hmm. she does. and that person was like i'm not going to do i'm going to there's a i'm going to read a couple blog articles about this i think i'm i think i can do it for free and everybody out there that's a clinician is like yeah those freaking people like they don't know whatever like they don't know how much i can help them and they're just gonna pff, take my ball and go home yeah now flip it Dude flipping burgers who's going through cancer treatment um, is a professional communicator. He helps people. He helps people create podcasts to make their voice spread, their information go across the world. 
and he now flips it. He now now I'll flip it. He goes, you know what? You're a cancer PT. I'm in. I'm, I'll buy in. Yeah. Okay. Sign me up. Where's my appointment? And then the the conversation continues, and you find out, you know, this is this dude Jimmy standing across from you. I help healthcare providers create podcasts so their voice can be heard around the world. And you're like, I think I can just find this inter- information on the internet. Like I can just, I don't need you. And you're like, okay, but like good luck with that because I have a degree in this. I've been doing it for years. I've got 4 million downloads and Elise's, Elise's list is I've been a physical therapist for this many years and I'm board certified and I've got this and I've helped a gajillion patients. But both of you are saying, I don't need you when you are exactly who each other needs. So you cannot be pissed at the, at the person across from you when you are doing the same damn thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you not to look up articles. I'm telling you that that's not the only thing you could be doing. Right. Some people are fine at launching a podcast by themselves or putting up a website. And I would push back and say, in some cases, having a professional saves you time and gives you a better result. Some people like digging into learning how to build a website. Mm-hmm. I would rather hire someone and work with a professional because I don't want to do that. I'd rather be off doing Jimmy things than doing Steve things who built my website. Like, I, I'd rather be doing Jimmy things. So I would say if you're, you know, to push back, if you're a, a clinician who's like, well, what do we do? What's the next step? Figure out where you start. Here's where you start. Figure out how you like communicating. Do you like having a camera pointed at you? Do you like talking into it? If the answer is no, videos aren't for you. And that's okay. I got lots of other tricks in my bag. Do you like having conversations with people without a camera sometimes? Okay, that's a podcast. Do you like writing? That's a blog. We've just covered TV, radio, and newspaper. Boom. Right? Do you like creating like like information short form and, and being very visual? Could you create an infographic? Great. Get a Canva account for 20 bucks a month. Share your information that way. Well, how do I distribute it? Now we're talking about where to put this information. Mm-hmm. If you're visual, I'd say go to Instagram. If you could only go to one place, I'd say visual information, Instagram. Mm-hmm. If you like conversations and interacting with people, but you don't like a camera or a microphone, go to Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like all these are low to no cost. Everything I just mentioned could cost you zero to $20. Yep. So now you're telling me the barrier to entry is not monetary. It's, I just told you, you could create all these things in less than 20 minutes. This is a you problem. This is a psychological problem that you need to get over. This is an insecurity issue that you need to get over. I'm there. I'll just get right to it. This is a you problem. And as soon as you admit you have the problem, now you're on the diving board. As soon as you decide that you want to solve it, you're at the end of the diving board. And as soon as you pick how you're going to solve it, that's when you jump. I'm wearing a headset microphone, but I would drop (laughs) if this was not a headset microphone. If it was not. (laughs) So I'm fired up about this. I'm passionate. I also was insecure and not walking my talk because so many people would come to me and go, hey, you have a podcast. I want to launch a podcast. Teach me how to launch a podcast. I'll pay you. Put a course together. I'd buy it. And I would go, "Uh, I'll get around to it. And But really what I was, I did not, I had all the time. I had the knowledge. I was like, I don't think, I'm going to put it out there and no one's going to buy it. And then I'm going to feel like a failure. Or what do I actually know? Like, do I actually know enough? Or what if I put out a course, but I miss a giant thing and I forgot. And then I look, I'm looked at like, how did you write the book on podcasting, Jimmy? But you left out this main chapter. And I'm like, so I didn't do it for two years. I walked around and I was just like, I'll get to it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna getting ready to, I wasn't even near the diving board. I wasn't even near the pool. And eventually I had enough people who said I would buy this course because I think whatever you charge for this course, it would be worth that and more. So I did that. I finally just sat down and locked myself in my house and I did it for, I was like, I wrote everything on my dry erase board. If I sat down with Elise tomorrow, I pictured a person who's my ideal mm-hmm. audience. It's healthcare, I, I focus, hyper-focus on healthcare providers because mm-hmm. I think we have so much damn knowledge. Yep. We do, so much yep. damn knowledge. We we're supposedly love people. I'm like, well, do you know who's receiving information? It's people <laughs> who watches videos and listens to podcasts and reads things, it's people. It's just using a medium. That's what media is information through a medium. I want to, I'm, I'm pausing for dramatic. I want you to digest that. That's all media is. If you're creating content, it's just how do you deliver that information? Don't overcomplicate it. So I launched a course. It's called the complete healthcare podcaster. And I want to take you from not anywhere near the pool or maybe you got to be, I mean, if you're going to buy the course, um, you got to be near the pool. I want to get you next to the diving board. I'll get you on the diving board. I'll get you to the end of the diving board, but my friends, I'll stop there. This course will not make you jump. 
you have to make you jump. Most of the time people hesitate. This is a you problem. I will not, I cannot change you. I am not here to motivate you because that only lasts while you're paying me. I don't want to do that. I, you, I only want people to take this course if you're motivated to do it. I will lead you to the end of the diving board. You got to jump. That's it. And I said like, all right, so I wanted 30 days because I feel like that's enough time where people can be like, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to do the thing. Mm -hmm. But not so long that you put it off so long that you never do it. 30 days, man, four weekends. And I'm, I'm telling you, if you're motivated, you could do it. I mean, you could do this in a, in a weekend, but mm -hmm. I want to say like, you know, my, my catchphrase is we can get you from idea to launch in 30 days and success for me is yeah. Hell yeah. I, I want to get paid for my knowledge. Success for me is watching what people do with it. I want mm -hmm. you to take your course once and never have to pay me again because you're doing great things. So. And I think two things really stand out to me, Jimmy. One that if, if the listener today knows they need to jump and wants to jump you're going to get them no matter like how far away from the pool they are they know they need to get there you're going to get them actually to that end of that diving board you've got to do that last step too uh, you know you can't do any deadlifts for your patients you can't mm -hmm. do one push-up for a patient what you mm -hmm. can do is you can educate and entertain and those are the, or if you are educationally entertaining two things at the same time those are the only two things you can do with content whether you're one-on-one -on -one with a patient or you're one on many with a podcast. And I would say when you create your podcast, let's say you're a private practitioner in your community and you want to do the, you know, move well Montgomery, New York podcast. You are now doing one episode for one hour and that one hour episode lives forever. That is out there circulating. And when it finds someone who goes, oh, this guy, Jimmy, who lives in Montgomery, New York, like that is a really great thing. I'm going to go see Jimmy. Like I want to draw a line to what does this do? I know a lot of people, I don't expect many people who take this course to, I'm going to be a professional podcaster. I'm going to say you're just using the medium of podcasting. You're just using audio as a medium to do the thing that you're already good doing. Does it take a little bit of a different mindset shift? Yeah. It takes a mindset shift when you're treating one patient at a time to Elise is now going to lead a group exercise class. Mindset, mindset shift, not major though. Same information, different delivery a little bit, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You, you talk differently to one person you do to a group. That's all I want people to think about. And I can use my 15 years of radio experience and my six years and 4 million downloads as a podcaster and my degree as a physical therapist to say I at least understand where you're coming from. If a nurse was going to take this, if a doctor was going to take this, if a, if a psychologist was going to take this. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have the knowledge I have this specific knowledge on how to deliver this information. I'm not here as a subject matter expert in, you know, pharmacology, but a pharmacologist, a pharmacist could could do this mm -hmm. because it's sharing information via a medium. That's what excites me. I want to see what someone does with this. Mm -hmm. It's it's a tool. It's a hammer. It is, and ultimately, you know, this all relates back to communication is a tool that we have the responsibility as a physical therapist to use to ensure that we are, our message is not just being sent, but also received and understood. Understanding. Yes. It makes me all tingly when I hear that from people. I'm like, yes, they're getting it, everybody. They're getting it. Jimmy, okay. how can people sign up for this course? Uh, you can find the button at ptpinecast.com. This is my first course. I would love you to be harsh, not gentle. I would love you to push me. Because I'm going to give people lifetime access to it. So you pay once and you get – I'm going to keep adding content. So if someone takes it and they go, but Jimmy – because you pointed out on Twitter the other day. I asked a question. What's something you'd want to know about podcasting I did. <laughs> that, um, that I should create a, a module for? And I was like, oh, I didn't think that people would want to know how to monetize a podcast. I know how mm -hmm. to do that. I can show you how to do that. So I'm going to put that in. So at least I, I offered, I said, if anybody suggests something, a module in the, in the, in the, in the course that I didn't add but should – I would give you 50% off. Dope. So I, have no, I have no problem doing that. So, because this thing will now be a living, breathing course that you can come mm -hmm. back and have access to. And I'll just keep adding to it because I'll go, oh, you know what? The audience is saying they want that. Great. Here, come on board. I'll just create that. Right. Because now we have a relationship, right? We have a way to communicate. And the goal of public relations is creating a relationship with the public. I love when the answer is in the question. Like, what's the goal of public relations? Well, it's building a relationship with the public. Well, that sounds like it's two-way and ongoing. Yes, that is how relationships work. It's not a one-night stand. It's a relationship. I'm going to 
I'm going to pose a very hypothetical question here. All right, I'll give you a hypothetical answer. That's, that's probably not hypothetical. Like, I think we're okay. headed this way if we don't do something about this. What happens to our communities if we are not going to step up and communicate the really yep. important stuff to them in a way sure. that's understood? Sure. Two things. Number one, no one's going to notice. It's one of those like problems where like nothing's going to go on fire. It's fine. You won't notice what's not there, but you're, those people are going without your information, without your help. Mm -hmm. The second thing that will happen is someone else will notice a different profession, a different professional will notice the gap. They will fill it and you will be pissed that they did the thing that you should have done and didn't do. Don't be upset about the results you didn't get because of the work you didn't do. Someone will slide in. I'm talking to physical therapists, but I hope there's more professionals out there listening on your show, which is, do you want to cast stones at how bad, I mean, if there's that, there's that Yankees, Red Sox rivalry, PTs and chiropractors, do you want to mm -hmm. keep pointing out like what, what would happen if, if tomorrow you woke up and everything that you ever bitched about a chiropractor was fixed, they'd be a better version of you. Or do you focus on fixing you? Because mm -hmm. I'll be honest, um, you don't have the power or the clout to get rid of a profession because you don't like them. Right. And also, like, that ain't – I don't want to live in a world just because you don't like it. They don't exist. Mm -hmm. Tough. They do. And they're a great I'm, – I'm picking a chiropractors right now just because of that, that you know, right. and I'm using the quotes. Um, I would say if they're filling a need for someone, great. But pay attention if you're not communicating someone will because they'll notice that opportunity mm -hmm. someone's going to notice the raccoon and they're going to move it and then you're going to go whoa, 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 and they're going to get the job of painting the lines and you're going to be out of a job of painting the lines because they because they they understood the assignment and you didn't because you were too lazy to get out of the truck to move the raccoon mm. and i would say yes. sucks to be you but the, and eventually your profession or you're out of a job i think it would be more long term but it's your fault mm-hmm it's your fault. You did this. You can't say I'm gonna take my ball and go home and they don't understand. It's on you. Stop being stop being a complainer. Stop being whining. Stop being yeah, stop bitching about it. Do something about it. Right. Whoo, Jimmy coming in hot. Like I'm pissed. Words yeah, that the, needed to be said. Yes. The thing at CSM really pissed me off. It was a few days after CSM where people were like, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm I didn't get picked to be the homecoming king. Okay, I don't know. Go start your new homecoming court. Mm -hmm. if, you, if they suck, I don't. I wasn't homecoming king, and they suck. Great. Why do you care anyway? Right. What's the point of homecoming king? Mm -hmm. Attention from people you don't like that don't, that aren't thinking about you anyway. I get it. They're on stage. It is traditional. Build your own stage. It's 2022. Build mm -hmm. your own stage. Build your own YouTube channel. Launch your own podcast. Start your own blog. Open a social media account and act professionally. Launch your own virtual summit. Launch your own virtual yeah. summit. That's it, exactly know, what we did. <laughs> what we did. There was a bunch of people that sat around on Twitter and used the hashtag OncoPT and said, how come there's not a, a summit just for oncology PTs? And I chimed in. I'm not an oncology physical therapist. And I was like, we, I know how to create one of those. And you're like, oh, okay. And then we, and then we did it. And then we did it. <laughs> did we ask the Academy of Oncology physical therapies, physical therapists, or, you know what I'm talking about? Did we ask mm -hmm. them for permission? No. Yeah. Did we need to? No. Will eventually, would it be a success if we all joined forces and created the Lollapalooza of oncology? Of course. But you, but you don't have to wait for that. You don't have to wait for that. Throw your own prom. Be prom king. I don't care. Don't or don't. Launch the anti-prom. Your limitation is you. Mm. I feel like I'm Tony Robbins right now. Am I coming in a little Tony Robbins-y? I, I like the Tony Robbins vibe. I had an espresso like, this, this is This has been long overdue in the physical therapy profession. I think for many reasons that could be a whole, frankly, like podcast in itself. But, you know, if we're really going to elevate our profession – and especially oncology physical therapy, I think specifically, right. just because I'm in this, I'm in this niche so tightly, but we have this idea of this is how information is disseminated. This is how we get information across to patients. And then we complain when oncologists don't understand what we do. Oncologists don't refer patients to us. Patients don't find out about our services. And then eight years later, they end up with this is a case patient, massive lymphedema because nobody told them that PT could have solved that in the first place. And, a, and an oncology physical therapist is like, wow, they didn't, they, stop using pronouns. Yeah. They didn't tell the patient 
that seeing a physical therapist who is certified in lymphedema management eight years ago would have helped them. Neither did you. Mm-hmm. Neither did you. Yes, someone else failed. So did you. Yep. Why? Because you didn't launch the YouTube channel that shows proper drainage. But why would I give away my knowledge, Elise? Why would I give away my knowledge? Because you still have a, you still provide a skilled service, mm-hmm. don't you? Mm-hmm. So you making that video from New York and someone watches it in LA and they're never going to come to you and pay you for services. That's okay. To me, am I not like that is yeah. your duty to still share that, but enough people will understand about oncology, physical therapists and how a physical therapist can provide a skilled service to prevent or reduce lymphedema. They didn't tell the patient that neither did you mm-hmm. own it. And if you don't own it, you're part of the problem and it's going to continue until you change it, not wait around for someone to move the raccoon, mm-hmm. Elise. Get out of your high hole. Get off your high horse. It's so hard. The horse is so high. I'm on this high horse to change it. Move the raccoon. Jimmy I didn't Wharton. realize the title of this would be move the raccoon. Move the I raccoon. Think I think that's our title now. <laughs> Get off your high horse title. and move the damn raccoon. <laughs> but that's enough incongruity. People are like, what the hell is this episode going to be about? Jimmy McKay says, move that damn raccoon. Move the dead raccoon. I'm so excited for my VA to listen to this later so she can get all the <laughs> Look at the transcript. Most popular word used most often. Usually it's like oncology or whatever. It's dead raccoon. I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need some context on this. <laughs> but what we did there, sure. right? And I'll, I'll just reveal, like, why do I give that example? Because it's a story. If I want to tell kids, don't talk to strangers, I just scream at them, don't talk to strangers. No, you tell them a story about Little Red Riding Hood, mm-hmm. right? If I want to tell you to get off your high horse and do the thing that you're saying everybody else should be doing but isn't, I don't tell you to do that. I tell you the raccoon story because you're going to remember the raccoon story, and you might actually tell someone else the raccoon story. And that is something that goes, wait for it, viral. doesn't have to be viral on social media. It could be viral person to person. We know about how viruses spread. They actually <laughs> spread from person to person. They don't spread from account to account. A person has to retweet or understand something and reshare. So you, but you do that with story and not, you, you do that with show and not tell. Right. Can I give one other tactical piece of advice? Yes, please. All right. Yes. So one of the lessons you're going to learn in my podcast course is called the XYZ statement. Are you, have you ever heard of the XYZ statement? Yes, I have. I have you one on one of my sh- uh, post-it notes on my computer right now. What is your XYZ statement? Let me pull it up. What did I write most recently? Oh, it's a virtual post-it note. I like it. I think. Oh, yeah, it's a virtual post-it note. My exam prep course teaches aspiring oncology physical therapists to successfully prepare for the exam by, where did that one go? Oh, I lost it. I think I deleted it, but you get it. All right. So let's go back and go forward. Mm -hmm. XYZ statement is I do X so that Y can do Z. So I do X. What is your, you're creating, so what is your I do X statement? I teach oncology physical therapists how to stop. I do. Okay. So I do X. So Mm -hmm. I teach oncology physical therapists to to successfully pass the oncologic certification exam. So I would caution you, or I would say, do it in X, Y, Z. You're doing Y and X. So I do X. What do you do? I teach. I teach. Great. Good. Simple. I like it. I teach. Okay. So far, who do you teach? Oncology physical therapists. I teach oncology physical therapists. Every oncology physical therapist, if they got that far, and I like the fact that I teach is short so they can get to the oncology part. Mm-hmm. Every oncology physical therapist, when they're reading that, they at least leaned in. Mm-hmm. They did like one of these Michael Scott moves where like, mm, I'm listening. Okay, so I teach oncology physical therapists to? To pass the oncology certification exam. Stop. Now add in a so they can. Tell me so they, why this matters. So they can more, so they can better serve their communities. Yeah! Stop right there. X, Y, Z. I do X so that Y can do Z. I would, ha- I would say every person listening needs, you simply can. I know if you're like, but I do like 20 different things. Then you need several X, Y, Z statements. Why? Because you need an X, Y, Z statement for every group of people that you can help. Jimmy helps, right? I help smart and passionate healthcare providers get their messages to the people that need to hear them the most. That's my X, Y, Z statement, mm-hmm. right? 
I would not give that XYZ statement to someone who is looking for me to help them coach their kid's baseball team. That I would say, I would have a different XYZ statement. So in that analogy that we talked about before, we were at the backyard barbecue. If that person across from you had a different problem, you might have a different XYZ statement. If you can do X to help that Y do achieve Z. So this is not my concept. This is a this is a universal, but that is a great starting point because hey, look at all those social media platforms. They all allow you like to have a little bio, right? Some and most of the times those bios are limited on character count. That's forced brevity. That's actually a good thing. Get your guarantee if your XYZ statement does not fit into your Twitter bio, it's a crappy XYZ statement because it's too loaded. Trim it, trim it, trim it. Play the play the uh, the the game where you got to vote someone off the island. Play Survivor, like. It's an XYZ statement. You should be able to say it in one breath. It should be one sentence. I would say if you're going to leave anything, if you're going to take anything away from listening to us today, and I can't believe you're still listening at 48 minutes and 22 seconds this far, but you sh- you need to walk away with your own XYZ statement. Mm-hmm. Period. Hard stop. End of story. End of story. Jimmy, where can people find you to follow yeah. you and learn yeah. more about you and your projects? So the show is called PT Pintcast because remember, I, I've figured out that I like to interview people at that PT conference over a pint of beer and I got all, you know, you know, cute with it. So it's at PT Pintcast and all the socials, ptpintcast.com. And then the podcast is called PT Pintcast. That's it. I keep it cute. Jimmy, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Thank you. Really, I, I, really I love excited. people who are fired up. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Onco PT podcast. For more episodes, visit theoncopt.com. Like what you hear? Tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. The show today is brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. The Brooks IHL offers seven on-site PT residencies, including orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology, as well as a neurologic OT fellowship, a competitive OMPT fellowship, and a speech therapy clinical fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. PTPintcast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at BuildPT.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.